Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball. Presented by Perth Now. Hello and welcome to the Dribble Podcast in the first week of the Grand Final Series where the Perth Wildcats will look to expand on their dynasty with a fifth title this decade. My name's Chris Robinson from Perth Now in the West. The man alongside me every week, three-time NBL champ, looking to make it four, and Perth Wildcats vice-captain Greg Hire. Greg, how are you feeling on the midst of, well... The biggest, uh, the biggest prize in your game, yeah, grand final. It's always nice. It's uh, to be at this point of the season with an opportunity to win a championship. Um, obviously, there's a lot of work that culminates, you know, throughout the off season to the preseason and the ebbs and flows of what goes on the, the roller coaster ride that it is, which truly was this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to have that, um, yeah, come around only you know a day away, um, pumped. Um, you know, it's obviously nervous energy in a, in a good way. Um, and I think guys are just sort of chomping out the bits. You know, now it's you're obviously still training quite hard, but it's sort of like every single possession that you go at, you're not really crashing into a million bodies because you're going, okay, we're at the you know peak of it right now, and we're just waiting for game one to come around and um, for that ball to be thrown up, and then knowing yeah we've got a battle on our hands. This is your, from a personal point of view, this is going to be your sixth grand final series in mm. nine full seasons on the roster. Now, there's a ton of guys across all sorts of sports who maybe get one chance at a grand final, maybe two, some who don't even get there at all. This is almost second nature to you. How... Do you sort of pinch yourself at how lucky that makes you that this is a, a norm for you at this time of the year? Yeah, it's it's um, you sort of see it in two ways. It's funny because whenever you sort of speak to the young guys or even guys that are new to the group, you sort of try and get them to embrace and say, you know, it's so hard to get there to, to be able to play for a grand final and to really cherish um, every moment that comes with it and the joys and the, you know, whatever, and the emotion that comes with it. And then people look at you and go, well, you've made six of them. Like, it's not that hard. Like, even Jesse, when he spoke about it, he's sort of, in a way, he, he words it wisely. Like, he didn't really appreciate how hard it was to win a championship because he won one in his rookie year. But then you obviously realise how tough it is to get there and to have that sustained excellence. And so... Um, I don't obviously take it for granted because it, whilst we've had yeah very successful years, um, I know how like sort of maybe just even one or two percent in, in a drop in performance can see see you getting swept by Adelaide just like it was last year. So um, yeah, it's obviously you know the the Wildcats have made the, the playoffs thirty three years in a row or thirty three seasons in a row. So um, it seems like that expectation like it, that's the norm. But yeah, it's a lot of hard work to to actually get get up there and obviously we've you know the last couple of championships that we've won you know we've been sitting at bottom of the ladder or this year there's a lot of um you know people or question marks around the, the squad so it's sort of it's nice to, to get to that point um and it is it is when like i, I think wade um the media uh, media manager sort of said oh it's this six and ninth i sort of was like oh that is actually a pretty crazy number yes. like for some of the other guys yes. like jesse and damon it's like seven out of ten and yeah, like um, some guys never have the opportunity to ever play for one, you know. And, um, you know, I'm hoping to get my fourth championship ring, which is, you know, after we le- we lost a few to New Zealand in the start of my career, I was like thinking, oh, I'm re- <laughs> am I ever going to get one? And now it's like, oh, I want another one, and I want another one. And, um, yeah, it's been crazy for sure. Um, but, yeah, you've got to just sort of embrace the moment right now. 
How much does the preparation change, particularly leading into a, a grand final series, from what you guys have done in previous yeah. years? Do you try and look back and keep things, particularly in the in the Gleason era, yeah. do you try and keep things relatively the same, or what has changed? If no, anything, it this hasn't year? really changed. We always try and bring in um, like a theme um, throughout the playoffs or our little um, sort of championship push. And mm-hmm. Adam Ford, our assistant coach, he does an incredible job. Um, unfortunately, I'd, I'd love to share it with everyone. It's but it's in a sanctum sort of stuff. It really makes it um, special and uh, generally we've always had a theme maybe from the start of the season um, I could bring one up well, I think maybe four years ago I think uh, actually when Jermaine Bill was part of our uh, lineup, we went as a group to watch the movie Everest and um, okay. so then the next day we sort of spoke about it what was I guess the underlying theme of Everest and um, it was obviously leaving no man behind and sort of that sort of was the theme throughout the season and then as we got to the back obviously it was just high in the background and as we come into playoffs it then uh, became a little bit of into fruition a little bit and was uh, became this massive thing um, so it was really cool but 40 has done a tremendous job in uh, every year just having this I guess like a pump up video like it is mate if you see it, any person that doesn't play for the team like they'll be jumping out of their skin like we watch it we're like on the train uh, on the court like sometimes there's tears like it's it's pretty powerful sort of stuff and he ties it in really well for what's happened throughout the season and um, so I guess that's the one sort of big change that we sort of go with um you know, in, in previous seasons, we've we've watched Detroit Pistons um, before the se- season. Uh, sorry, the playoffs t- started about their bad boy mentality and no okay. easy baskets. And that's interesting because yeah. Dan Bickerman compared his own Melbourne oh, team. I, I heard that yesterday, so it was interesting to see what what they got with it. For us, it was like obviously this um, styles and have completely changed, and you know what they got away with. He sort of like saw Bill Lambier yeah, and yeah. John the, Sally the and Jordan rules, yeah. correct, and yep. he's sort of like. Oh, no, I, there's no way you're getting away with that now, and um, yeah. So we, but we still had that mentality of like no easy baskets, and that was what we had. I think three or four years ago, I think, and maybe it was just before plus heading into it, we saw like our defense. We just kept giving easy dunks and shots. So that was became a, a huge um, point of emphasis for us, like no easy baskets. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we weren't trying to take out guys, but the Pistons, and that was really cool. So. We try and keep that. Uh, in, in terms of your normal routine, you definitely don't want to try. I mean, I've been trying to um, say that the whole time. Um, you obviously want to embrace everything is, but you don't want to all of a sudden start changing things and like, I'm going to shoot 200 more shots every single day or um, like as much as it is a different game, like it's yeah. <laughs> there's a lot more um, meaning behind it. You're playing for a championship. You want to try and stay as calm as, uh, and consistent as what you've been all season, and that's why we've been successful. Like, if all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, I've got to start letting some fl- threes fly, or I'm going to start doing this sort of stuff, it's you, you, the performance goes out the window. So it's really important to try and stay that. Obviously, guys, uh, you know, we'll start honing in you know people watch a lot more scout and and, you know they will put in extra effort in terms of recovery and doing everything they can um, and you do that I mean that's just common um, because you don't want to have any sort of anything that you're not you're surprised about so um, that's definitely a skill but we definitely will try and keep everything as consistent as you can one guy whose preparation has been a a little bit different has been Mitch Norton Um, some great news just before we've come on to record the podcast um, this afternoon is that he's been officially cleared to play. Trevor Gleeson has, has given him the red light or more importantly the medical <laughs> yeah. staff have given yeah. him the green light. Um, 
how much of a boost is that for you guys and, and what are you expecting from Mitch particularly out there tomorrow night for the, the opener yeah huge and first off I think we've got to acknowledge the, the incredible work that Sunday has done especially in the yeah, Brisbane yep. series where he you know came in and provides a little bit of a spark in the first game yeah, and, nice and held, a fort, yeah, held one, a fort yep. down in the in the second game as well so tremendous job by him but um, definitely pleasing I mean Mitch is uh, a boomer's guard and showed uh, exactly why you know, he was so highly sought after this offseason um, just when Damon went down with his leadership skills in terms of handling the, the ball and putting us into defensive uh, systems that w- we think are going to be successful and um, obviously we see them pretty potent you know with some guys that can influence the game in a huge way with Goulding Casper and Mitch McCarran and all in those sort of guard spots so um, we need to throw a lot of different schemes and if that allows Mitch to come in for a two three minutes uh, burst just to be able to run those guys ragged and get us in, our, in some sets that get us some points on the board I think yeah it's huge and credit to him he's, he's put in a um, a, a lot of work um, obviously you know as expected but for him to be ahead of schedule but more so I think his mindset this week has been really pleasing obviously coming back from off suffered that injury and it's mm-hmm. something that you have in the back of your mind it, it, for me seeing him this past week like I saw him last week a little bit hesitant and understandable but this week he yeah you would have not thought he had been uh, coming back from a, quite a serious injury like he obviously is his speed and his not, uh, quickness isn't as dynamic right now and they'll come just with more game time and more confidence yep. um, and I think that's what you need you just need to get that first game and then he can go like alright I'm absolutely gassed but I'm, you know, I've done all the work now and, and I can be confident in his, in his, in his own ability and um, that's exciting but yeah, glad for him to be able to have that because um, you know, he wouldn't want to be playing in a grand final series coming across and, and sitting on the sidelines. So good on, good on him. Yeah, yeah. How have have you spoken to him about how yeah, to handle I've, coming I've, back from the baby? I've been down? speaking to him a lot. Um, obviously, like I've, you know, me and, and Mitch have have developed a quite a strong uh, mateship this this past season. Obviously, with the injury, sort of try to get in. I think the biggest thing when you return back from the injury is you just um, you want everything to be. Uh, 100% there and then you know and um, you know the first day like he was trying to attack the rim and um, obviously just you know the the movements that you haven't experienced for six or seven weeks um, aren't yeah. as second nature as they were but, sort but of that's learning. tough for a guy like Mitch who Correct. only knows one way it's Correct. so explosive getting in the basket exactly right speed. so that was the sort of thing it's just like okay mate be, be frustrated but um, also just don't don't be impatient like that will come and and um, you know like the first couple of times he closed out on guys like they'd blow right by him um, and like and obviously for a guy that's renowned for his defense um, his defensive skills that's obviously quite frustrating I sort of was like mate it'll come just be patient um, there's no doubt about it I remember the first couple of times like I'd go in for a note board and your timing was out and you were just bit adrenaline was pumping but you were like I'm not moving anywhere like yeah. he's sort of just yeah. doing that and we saw that with Monday I thought that was just a good session. That winning the game too was huge for it allowed us for him to really get some solid sessions in because Monday the most of the guys who had logged heavy minutes had a bit of a uh, shooting day rest day and everyone else had a, a pretty heavy session and he was able to get that out get it out of his system and um, work extremely hard have Tuesday where he could recover and then we've had two solid days and the difference of just more so his confidence um, and his ability to sort of change speeds right now it gives me all the confidence knowing that he's going to come into this game and, and have an impact for sure um, you know and I spoke to him about it today I said look mate you 
irrespective of how many minutes you sort of get, just be, you know, um, be content that you, you're out there for one. Um, relish that. And if you get two minutes there or you get five or you get ten or mm-hmm. w- whatever it is, and you don't have to be thinking, oh, I've got to go back to what works and the speed and quickness. Like, I think you slow yourself down, have a, have a deep breath, soak it all in um, because, yeah, um, they'll help you out in the long run. Yeah, you can you can see him working his way potentially into this series. Once For he sure. gets that first For game sure. under his belt, you feel like it'll it'll come after that. In terms of the uh, the scheduling of the series, I wanted to ask you about this because it's a it's probably a little bit more um, prolonged, more yeah. drawn out than I was expecting. So yep. game one Friday in Perth, game two is a quick turnaround Sunday afternoon in Melbourne, but then a big gap until the next yep. game, game three, the following Friday, and then it could be game potentially four on next Sunday. week. I think again, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a, a little bit more drawn out than I was expecting. Yep. Does that? suit you guys when you look at obviously Mitch trying to get his legs um, back you've got some vets yourself Jesse yeah, Damo oh. does it sort of help you a little bit more than a series where it was going to be five games in potentially 11 days yeah the first thing I thought was uh, right now with going over three weekends was like our beards and goatees <laughs> is going to be partners like, and wives will be frustrated mate, like, all over the joint because I was talk, speaking speaking about it with uh, Jesse today because Trev's like main line main right now is yeah. looking quite impressive he and, always gets a good coverage oh, yeah. straight away yeah. but I think what's more so is generally in the previous year like if or in previous season sorry we haven't had a fever break except for last year and we got bounced early right so in previous years like you the final regular season gets done and you start games four or five we've yeah. had like a 10 day break yeah. so you had 10 day growth yeah. 10 day growth and now it's going to be like long so that was I was like geez we haven't really thought about that it should have been like first game but in terms of actually playing the games I actually wanted to go Friday, Sunday Wednesday, Friday, Sunday because I agree and I think that's what it was going Yeah, that's what I was expecting for one I thought it would be good just for the momentum of the NBL and just to continue that and to wrap up before the AFL season exactly like I thought it would be good on the other side I thought it would be a benefit for us like teams are flying out here hence why maybe Melbourne were like oh sweet I mean yeah they get that break Mm -hmm. Um, but for us I was like yeah I mean they've just home court advantage they've got to fly more than us and um, you know I don't think the tide like old bodies like maybe they would be um, some marks, some question marks regarding um, yeah the quality of the product after game four and five um, you know if you're playing all those games but for me like it's grand final series like you know unfortunately you know years ago when we played New Zealand we played whatever Wednesday Friday Sunday like in that close proximity yeah like it was definitely uh, an, an issue conditioning wise but we were traveling from Perth to New Zealand the furthest yes. distance like this is to Melbourne and um, like right now like irrespective of what niggling injury has or how everyone's feeling it's, you're going to get yourself up for a grand final series like there's no doubt denying that like if someone said to me like your shoulders bung I'm yeah I'm jabbing it and I'm doing it you know you, you're going to get get it done to play in a grand final series so mm-hmm. I don't think the product would have been diminished I would yeah I would have preferred to literally just keep stream rolling it um, especially from a product standpoint yeah the AFL I don't want we've got an amazing product yeah. right now and brand that's that's firing we'll talk about Bogut going to the NBA and all that sort of stuff like ride that wave I don't want it to be diluted because uh, and especially the Perth and Melbourne markets are your two biggest footy markets correct. basically you know and yeah I mean that's the thing the AFL is a powerhouse mm. and um, yeah they're going to take all the headlines straight up I've, I've, enjo- I've enjoyed seeing articles in the in the newspaper every single day leading up to that and unfortunately that's an understanding that once AFL starts we don't have the luxury to do that so yeah, yeah a bit different um, but yeah uh, what can you do 
I think um, next year you might see with that FIBA break, considering that no players from playoff teams went and played yeah. that FIBA break, I think you might see the playoffs starting on that same I think the issue, I don't earlier. think the issue is players, it's refereeing. Because okay. when you think about it, all the FIBA refs are going to, I think Australia sent five or six of their refs. Surely our standard of refereeing is enough that we can have three extra refs. Yeah, no? I know. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. But that's what I'm saying. Because like, okay. from a FIBA standpoint, they want the best play, refs. So like, if they send Michael Allen and Vaughan and, and those guys, Chris Reed, who are, I guess, the most high-quality high officiated yeah. Yeah. crew... Yeah, so I think that I think that's more so what the because I thought it would be we would play during that series. Like I thought they would just keep rolling. Yeah, and then I think it was more so okay. Well, obviously venue availability, but then yeah, it was a side of yeah refs might not be because they've sure. got to go there. So that's an interesting thing. Okay. I don't know if refs can pull <laughs> take their best referees out just like <laughs> our Australian teams taking the best players out. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. right. You've just got some. Uh, guy at local comp just going, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, going, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, referring Kazakhstan first up. Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, good work from you, incidentally, just complimenting the refs before the uh, <laughs> grand final series. Um, give us a playoff beard update. I was going to ask later, but yeah. we've touched on it now. Who's who's going the best and who has been the most pitiful? Yeah, so Trev, I think, if he's going straight good away. Like he had that. Like he had yep. that five o'clock shadow. Um, Mitch, and, Mitch is in, in trouble because he's got some growth. Um, so, like, that could get out of control in in a couple of week uh, weekends by um, Nick K. So is, is Mitch's surprising growth? For no, it was always anticipate that. No, I knew he would, but we stitched him up hard because he had booked in booked in with a haircut at our barber, um, like a week before, or knew that, and so he sort of was like, "All right, um, going in Wednesday," and literally had sent our group chat, the Fun Bus group chat, like a photo of him. Uh, at the hairdressers and we're like well yeah that's fine mate you can cut your hair but you can't touch the beard and he was like what are you talking about we're, we're locked in you, that's locked in you can't do that and so we stitched him up hard so this he, is before you were actually locked in no no no, no. this is after oh, the Melbourne okay, game but okay, he didn't travel you. to Melbourne obviously oh, so okay. in the locker room yeah. but we had sent a, a, a a text, but he he thought, oh yeah, it's up to, up until the first game. Well, and so that's it's a rookie mistake. Unfortunately, it's a yeah, exactly mistake. right. So um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm waiting because this this will be the longest growth of facial hair in the Wildcats history in terms of like playoffs. Mm-hmm. I reckon this could be the year where uh, the higher powers step in and say we're not, not doing enough's it. enough. <laughs> like. Because when you look at when you walk in front of uh, to Bendat to to walk into the offices, yeah. you'll see the championship um, you know, <laughs> photos, and you'll see like the nineties, and they're pretty clean cut yeah, and whatever. Yeah. And you've seen the last three championships Just progressively like, getting worse correct, as the like, playoff series gets longer. And I reckon this year they're going to be like they're not professional athletes; they're just cavemen that just rocked up like. Um, there's milk stuck on someone's yeah, up, yeah, top yeah, lip. So yeah, five-day-old food. Exactly. That would be an amazing story for me to write at oh, some point late it. in the playoffs. Management and players <laughs> clashing over there's shave strikes, or no shave. Strike, yeah. um, let's talk some serious stuff about Melbourne, the key to beating them. Yeah. I want to talk about Casper Ware, obviously. Yeah. He's the main guy on offense. We see so many um, sort of high pick and rolls where he switches on a big guy and then goes dancing yep. and pulls up a three or blows right past them. How do you, without giving too much away, yeah. of course, how do you anticipate 
that you'll try and quell his influence because if you can stop him, it goes a long way to stopping them, right? Yeah, I mean, we saw his abilities in the Sydney series obviously came in, I guess, out of form, if you say, not shooting well and then had nine Straight points in 90 away, seconds. Yeah. And that was, I think, I mean, this is the thing. You can, We'll take that. You can't play guard him or have Andrew Bogut guarded him you know like he can't have a free hit you know yep. he said it in the media as well like they just you know sort of disrespect him in a way just gave him free looks on the on the three point line and there's no way we can do that so yeah we'll definitely throw a, a number of schemes and whether that's doubling or um, you know hard showing I mean it's it's no surprises there what, what we'll do I mean teams also um, scout what teams do to on, on the defensive end and their philosophies like we know what what we're expecting of what they're going to do to Bryce so yeah we'll have to throw uh, a number of bodies and try and I think the biggest thing is if we can wear him down pardon our uh, <laughs> surname yeah, yeah well played but yeah I think we've you know if we can sort of uh, run our offense for those 24 seconds or as long as we can and to you know so come the the third the back end of the third quarter or the fourth quarter he's you know ha- has his head on a swivel a little bit and thinking far out like this is tough I'm chasing these guys around I think that will help us out and, and you know what he's going to get buckets like Chris Goulding's going to get buckets that's mm. why they are super talented yep. players like I mean we I've been watching film on those guys and some of the shots they hit like there's not there's no way you can play better defense mm. they're just that's why they're super talented guys and there's a reason why we're playing in the grand final it's no surprise there that you're like oh well how'd they get there no it's Casper Wears you know was runner up MVP and um, for us if he gets his in early he is super tough he gets the confidence feeds off the crowd even when he's playing at the periphery he loves that you know just to have that hostile environment where he can get himself going a little bit so yeah we'll obviously have to lock down on him early and make sure he just doesn't get clean looks like we know if, if he hits some tough buckets especially mid-range too like hey we're just gonna have to live for that but you can't allow him to have a, a clean look at a three-point line 15 mm. seconds in the game because you know they'll make anyone look good uh, you know feel good and especially a confidence player like Casper. I know it's going to take a, a lot of factors across the series, but if you could give me one priority where you can say, if we win this area, if we do this thing, that that's going to give us the best chance to win the series. Is it is it rebounding battle? Is it running them off the three-point line? Is it getting Bryce open? What what can you yeah, sort of identify th- as Yeah, three-point line important? I think is going to be pretty tough. Yep. Um, you know, for us... Um, you know, from defensive uh, systems, for sure. I mean, you can't allow a guy like Casper, Goulding, Mitch, Barlow, Dave these guys. Barlow has yeah, been getting open for some threes yeah, and is automatic for Exactly. Out so I think for, for us, that's got to be huge, especially, um, you know, the, the way that they play a lot of high pick and rolls and stuff like that. If we can sort of, you know force them into a, into a drive into a contested shot and we'll live with that so th- th- that's the huge thing obviously the rebounding battle I think um, is going to be massive it's going to be a point of emphasis that, you know Dean Vickerman's been um, speaking high or speaking a lot about early their struggles early in the season with you know um, allowing teams on the offensive uh, rebounding battle and uh, Kennedy did, did a really good job against us the last time we played him at their place mm. I think he might have 15 rebounds so for us yeah we'd, we'll definitely have to focus on that on the offensive side it's going to be huge we know they're trying to get the ball out of Bryce's hands as much as uh, they can and so for us you know, we've got to have quality spacing and, and share the ball and, and punish them. You know I mean, that's the thing. There's going to be some guys that are going to get some clean looks and if they can knock a few of those down so they're not going, oh, we're just going to double Bryce at every single opportunity, mm. um, it'll be huge. I mean, obviously, I think Tariko 
was the main beneficiary of that this past week and we saw him hit nine threes and he, he consistently punished uh, Brisbane by throwing all these different sort of lineups and um, you know players at Bryce <coughs> pardon me and, yeah. and Tariko was, was punishing him for that so I think for us we've got to be able to do the same I think that was a really important guard not that Bryce needs to prove anything to anyone but on the eve of the grand final series for him to go I'll take what the defense gives me. For if you guys sure. want to throw doubles at me, I'll dish out doubles. Yeah, to get a career high, and it shows. I think uh, him and Tariko in the last few weeks, their synergy yep. has been very, very um, good. It's been, I think, championship defining in a way. I mean, whether their relationship or friendship off the court, not relationship, but friendship off the court in the last few weeks, I mean, I've seen they like they hang out all the time and they are truly. Um, the closest of mates whether that is I honestly think it's sort of helped on the court because oh, yeah. there's been a time now where Bryce sort of sees T um, like against Brisbane like rolling a little bit and he's like I'm going to run a play for, for T and doing all that sort of stuff and T's not a guy where he's unselfish he's very quiet when it's obvious he's very reserved and he's not going to be like hey give me the ball here like yeah, yeah. Um, but when you say hey, I'm going to run you a play he runs it because he knows he's going to get a, he's a bucket so um, no nah, it's, it's been enjoyable to see um, their interaction both on and off the court and um you know, obviously, Tariko copped a lot of flack all season. Um, and for him to respond right now in the biggest games of our season, mm-hmm. to have two dominant games um, in the semifinals, I'm excited to see what he can do in the grand final. That close friendship, we we spoke about it with Bryce when he was on yeah. our last podcast and their NBA 2K battles. Yeah. I can totally picture them just playing and running a play or up against each other and Tariko saying, hey, why don't, you try, why don't we try and work that like, little two-man game or whatever it's it is. Right, A random fact, and I don't know how true it is, but Tariko doesn't seem to me to be a liar or a storyteller, but he was telling me only like a couple of months ago he was top 10 in Australia in 2K, like he, in rankings. Tariko was? Yeah, and we were like, what's your player profile name? And he, I don't know, it was... T. White on his number or something and we, we were like you're joking right and he's like nah like I was top 10 I haven't played it for a few months but I was top 10 at one stage what t- that tells me is that he's got way too much time <laughs> in his hands and yeah, unfortunately yeah. doesn't have kids so he, he can play video games but I was like that's actually quite impressive to be top 10 Australian 2K. Yeah. So, but then also, what's Bryce's ranking? Because Bryce has like a Harlem Globetrotters, ex- Washington Generals mate, kind of thing going on here with Tariko. As soon as we said that, like we looked at Bryce and he was like, well, I must be ranked yeah, ninth. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. He's, he's That's great. It. Hey, um, you touched on the Andrew Bogut yeah. um, signing, a terrific result for the league. Yeah. Um, what was the reaction from you guys to it? And do you think it's kind of weird that in a way, maybe somewhere over there in the Bay Area that the Golden State players were watching Sydney up against Melbourne saying, come on, Melbourne, close this thing out. We want both yeah, to come Yeah, it was... Um, like, one, it's not surprising. Like, it, it, yeah. Sorry, it isn't surprising in a way. Like, I don't disregard his talent, but I sort of was like... Um, yeah, it's not something that you expect. Like, a guy gets done and, and a day or two later, he's like, oh, I'm going to the best team in the world. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, it's wow. It's not just any team of, no, of um No, so, and it, yeah, exactly right. Like, it's sort of, in a way, was like, one, it obviously reinforces the, the positivity around the league and how that's grown. And, um, you know, like, I, I hope there's a couple of guys like around, around the league that are, you know, when obviously they send NBA scouts and <clears throat> executives down to see your Brian Bowens and your Terrence Ferguson's now, like, I hope there's some, some guys that are doing well in the league. They're thinking, oh, I might actually get a call up, like, after a season, like, for a playoff push or, or you know, just to see where they're at. So that's huge. Um, obviously, I, I think it helps. He, he 
he's going to a system that he's been successful in. Um, he knows. I mean, there's a, a number of teammates that you know. Of, you know, you keep reading all the articles. Draymond, Steph, like all speaking glowingly of him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crazy to think like. I mean, an article just came out sort of saying he was just suiting up before uh, a Cairns game and sort of got a message saying, oh, like, what's what's going on in Australia? Like, um, you know, what are your, your plans? And he sort of was like, oh, look, I'm focusing on winning a championship. But crazy to think, like, a player is not is on the NBL app just <laughs> watching Far North Queensland and yeah, going yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, Nate Joel is a massive human being. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. let's try and get Bogut. Like, it's pretty crazy, but... Um, yeah, once again, just shows how how strong the league really is and the talent. Obviously, he's the MVP. Um, but yeah, for him to go there, and it's only going to grow. Uh, I think it's perfect for him preparation, obviously, with the World Cup and, and doing all that sort of uh, stuff, like just to keep get, you know getting better. Um, look, I don't mind because obviously I'm out of the league next year, so <laughs> he can be as good as he can be. But um, no, I think it's it's, it's so much positivity around that. Yeah, I reckon Angus Brandt might just be sending a couple of little highlight tapes <laughs> oh, to the NBA exactly saying, hey, right. Bogut's amazing, exactly but right. oh, just had Leo exactly over him a couple right. of times this season. Before we get into the Twitter questions, one of mine, just my own curiosity, Trevor Gleeson at the Chili Peppers concert this week. <laughs> how how did that go? Do you guys Did you guys know that he was a Chili's fan? Did he um, go with any of you guys? What's the feedback been from that? Well, I knew he was gone because yep. the coaches uh, had a group going. So uh, okay. I think like Jacob, Nelly, uh, Josh, like they all... Did they have like a box or were they just nah, in the in Okay, the so or? the funniest thing ever, so I got a video and like they're in the general admission and all you could just see was the most humongous human being and that was Nelly just so <laughs> I would have been hated. Standing, standing behind, behind Matt him, Nielsen, but, yes. Um, no, they were pumped like because as soon as the final schedule was out, were, was out, they were like... Nelly told me at the dinner, he was like, thank God we finished first because if not, we would have been playing on the um, Chili Peppers night. So he was like, yep. all right, sweet. So even if it goes to game three, we, you know, we've got Chili Peppers next night. Um, so they were pumped. And then I was sort of speaking to Josh about it because I was sort of saying, um, yeah, like they're one of those bands that like I think everyone wants to sort of see. It's like a bucket list mm-hmm. sort of band. You know, like I've, I've seen Metallica, even though I'm like only a fan of two or three songs, it's Metallica. Like you have to see them, yep. you know. Lot. And so then um, Josh was like, mate, Trev is like the most pumped of all of us. I was like, what do you mean Trev's going? He's like, mate, Trev sent me the set list. Like he's just like chomping at the bits, like knowing that this gig's come up. And I was like, how bizarre. Like I didn't expect. That's a very unlikely. And then I thought, uh, yeah. and then I was like, oh, he, obviously he's been hooked up. He's got some sweet tickets or box tickets so he can just enjoy, nah, you know, die a hard. couple of beverages and, and sit there and what. Nah, he was on the floor. Like he was, he was on, in the, in the pits, um, loving it. And then, yeah, was all about it. Like the day of, like he, I went in there or like, and he was excited and, I, I control the music sometimes when we get massages upstairs and so I'd been playing some real soft um, sort of just relaxing music as we get our massages and then I played some Chili Peppers and out popped Trev just like about time he played some good music he was, yeah, up, he was up and about yes. um, so now good on him that's great hey um, a couple of Twitter questions before we let you get out of here yep. this one from Chantel Thomas she's taking you back to last week's crystal ball I think where Bryce um, suggested that you were going to either come up with a dunk or a four-point play. Yeah. Chantel wants to know... 36 seconds. Chantel <laughs> wants to know, did you call boards on the late three in game one oh, against Brisbane? Yeah. 
because potentially you were trying to sort of force the the contact and and get it through for the four point play. That had incidentally that had shades of the Adelaide Valentine's oh, Day. It was sort of the same spot from memory. I know that you exactly. looked over at the bench saying, "You want me to shoot this?" Mate, it was <laughs> like. I got the ball and one because we had Wani uh, on the sidelines yeah. and so I actually thought maybe I should just step out of bounds um, just to bring him in but yeah. it was like 20 seconds left yeah. and so then I was like it's no point because um, Brisbane are going to get the ball and they're not going to try and score so it's just going to be a dribble off so Wani's just going to come in stand and stand in the corner seconds, so I was like yeah. alright I'll wait um, and then yeah Trevor was chilled out and then I was, he was like like it waited to the end and I was like oh is he going to give me an answer and he's like no score and I was like all right, sick. Like I can shoot, shoot this and have no hesitation and no judgment. And so, um, yeah, I like literally, well, one, I like fumbled the ball, tried to do a step back. So then I was like, didn't even, when I shot it, I was like, oh, I hope that's even close. So definitely didn't call bank, but I'll take it. Like, I mean, you're not taking any Damn shot that right. goes in and like, if it doesn't call bank, it doesn't count. I'll take it however it comes. Damn right. This one from Glenn McDonald. Do you have a certain pre-playoff game day ritual? I uh, pretty similar yeah. to your normal one, except you just don't shave, right? No, exactly. No, I, um, I don't know about the other guys, but um, most of us, I mean, actually most most of us do the same. Like we got our shoot around, have your half court shot that we have, our little team kitty, and then lunch, and then nap time for me. So that's basically after that. Um, yeah, I'm no go zone with the kids. It's like uh, my lovely wife will take them out of the house or whatever, and yeah. I'll hang out with them for a little bit, and then yeah, I'm trying to zone in. Mm-hmm. I actually do a weird thing now, and I don't. There's obviously no scientific fact behind it, but I actually have an ice bath before the game. Do you really? Um, yeah, I try and do a little bit of a hot cold, and it was. I don't know. It's obviously a mindset thing. I it took me back to my very first year of college, and uh, I remember watching some. Uh, I was in an anatomy or physiology class or whatever, and they're talking about hot, hot and cold and talking about that. And I ended up doing playing a game, having hot and cold, and half think I had like thirty two points at the half, and uh, in my junior college. And I was thinking, oh, this is the best. So yeah. I did that like for the rest of my collegiate yeah, career. As you would, yeah. So then I think like, I was like, oh, before one game here, like um, my legs were fried before a game. And I was like, this is not a good feeling. Like I haven't even played yet. I'm not, and I think I was starting. Okay. So I was like, oh, I'll have an ice bath. And um, I think it was maybe against Brisbane where I scored five in the first like couple of minutes. So I was like, I'm keeping it. Like, yeah, so nice. now it's just a thing. So yeah, I'll just do that. Um, but yeah, it refreshes me if, if I'm feeling a little bit uh, tired, dip my head in, in some ice cold water and do that. So uh, yeah, encourage that if anyone feels the same. <laughs> Why not? Um, who Who is winning the half court shoot around this season in terms of who's cleaned up the Ooh. most? Um, yeah, we've. I don't know across board. Like Bryce actually hasn't won one because he, ke- he keeps getting tired. The coaches are doing a phenomenal job. Like yeah. they've well, had six. Uh, every single one of them's won at least once. Um, so they've got more time to practice that though, right? Yeah. Well, they're at the very end. So if no one's made a shot, like you've got a clean slate. Because that's the thing. If you make one and the person behind you or whoever is behind you makes it next new round or carry over for the following week. Okay. So yeah, like Damo's lucky because he's the oldest guy on the team he, he's only got about five or six so yeah I don't know Tariko, I reckon he, he'd be up there he's, yeah. he's won a fair few um, that'd be about it the worst half court shooters Clint Steindl yeah disgustingly so, bad so so for all intents and purposes the best long Three range shooter, shooter on the team is, is the worst from easily, a few feet further back easily the worst mm-hmm. I, and I'm not joking easily the worst and if you why some, 
Someone wants to go back. I mean, maybe three or four weeks ago, we watched him. Uh, sorry, there was like a towards the end of the quarter. Uh, towards the end, he had an opportunity to hoist one up from half court. Yeah. And it's always a classic. Shooters that worry about their percentages wait till the siren we goes. We see this a lot in the NBA. <laughs> oh, the mate, the like, field goal percentage savings club is correct. what they call so it. Correct. So they just like... Just time it well just so slightly yeah. after the yeah. buzzer so Jermaine Veal the was the classic example of this like shot clock's winding down he had no clean look you're on the wing and you're like get the ball for a second you're like oh, just sick too man late. yeah and then you're like oh from 3 and it's yeah, because yeah. Jermaine Veal's hooked you up with all these so then all the time you're like oh this is a free shot I'm actually going to be ready because I know he's going to pass it to me with a second so anyway Clint did that and then when he shot it like it wasn't even close like and we sort of were like laughing we're like no reason. Yeah, we completely understand why he didn't try and shoot it because you know you're like you're the worst half court shooter. Um, so yeah, he, he's clearly the worst. Um, That's fascinating. Yeah, it's crazy, right? For a guy, yeah. yeah there's that, no reason for that. Yeah, exactly. That's bizarre. Um, and our last Twitter question. It's it's more of a Twitter demand <laughs> from Paul Williams. If we win the title, Greg has to appear from the roof with the premiership banner like Wilbur Wildcat. I'm in. Lock it in. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do that. Like, mate, I'm, I'm all for anything. Like, that's my last hurrah. Like, if they can put me in anything. Oh, I'm, I'm all for it. What they sh- what, how they should do that is if it happens, we're not jinxing it, but if yeah. it happens, first game of next year, yes. how you unveil yes. the banner from the rafters, pre-game, normal, hey, it's Wilbur coming down, Wilbur takes his head off, hang on, it's Greg Hire. Mate, you, that's why you get paid the big that's, bucks. I'll be pitching that to the front office. Because usually, again, and yeah. in previous years now, like they, I think because we lost after we... We won a championship, and the next year we unveiled the banner. We lost to New Zealand, and, and you then, guys have been doing it at half time when correct, you're in the locker room. It around. sucks. Yeah, like, no, I've always like, found that very strange. It's like, and because Trev's like that, he's yeah. superstitious. So yeah. He's like, nah, we're not doing it. <laughs> but I'm like, I actually want to be out there. And then, um, so yeah, it'd be perfect because then I'm still like, I could be connected to the team. Yeah. And yeah, go. No, nah, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, like, we should like, totally make that hey, happen. That, who, who was that? Sorry, well, uh, thank you. Paul next Williams. Year. Yeah, Paul yeah. Williams. Next year, yeah, he'll get some of the royalties for that idea. Hey, Crystal Ball time. We came up big. Last yes. weekend, Greg Hire, Brisbane under 80 points both games, 79 in game two, I think it yeah, was. Close, it was right. real close, but you got it. I said a Melbourne sweep, which was also correct. Yep. Uh, Bryce's four-point player dunk didn't quite come up from you, yeah, okay. although you tried. Mine for this week or the, the coming couple of weeks, Nick Kay, we've yep. talked about him from time to time this year, year, does not get anywhere near the love that he deserves oh, for the numbers that he puts up and the performances that he's produced. Again, no respect having a look at the gamble responsibility odds for grand final MVP. Yeah. He's paying 750s on the fifth line of betting. Yeah. That's a knife for anyone who likes just a very responsible little dabble. That is nice <laughs> odds. I'm on Nick K for grand final MVP. I couldn't agree with you more, um, even if you're irresponsible. <laughs> but no, I, and I'm going to go on the same line, okay. and it's going to be further, but Nick K is going to average a double-double in this grand final nice. series because he is... I can't say he's like I love Bryce. Like there's a serious man crush on him, but Nick K is coming up very, very close to Yep. Like in the game against Brisbane, like he did two reverse layups. Like one of them I he shot with his left and I was like, What was that? Like yeah, that was nice. I know the one you made. That was a very silly shot and then it went in and I was like, Oh my god, he is stupendously good. Like um so yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna go Nick is gonna get obviously the, the two double doubles this weekend, but he'll he'll average one over the grand final series. Yeah. You guys are twelve and one this season when Nick K's had double digit rebounds. I'm gonna let him know that. So right that now. would be a really nice omen for him. And you. if he does I'll just make sure I'll just 
purposely in the first quarter yeah, get him yeah, on eight. Yeah. yeah, just tap one towards <laughs> him and he finishes it off. Greg, best of luck for the Thanks, few opening mate. two Appreciate games. It. And uh, to our listeners, stay tuned in Perth now in the West for all the grand final news and wash up. We'll chat to you next time. The Dribble Podcast is brought to you by Perth Now, your home of sporting action from home and abroad.